0: Operating from Exodus, uh, chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother, then you'll live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God will give you. All right, before we uh, jump in this morning, I want to give a couple of quick updates here. Well, you guys are here first. um, The ornament exchange will be tomorrow, uh, Monday at 7 p.m., at uh, David and Sandy Avery's home. So if you're a woman, this is the ornament exchange. Um, and uh, let me give the, can I give your number out here. See, so it's uh, their number is 336-0378, 3-3-6-0-3-7-8. And if you uh, if you want to call the church office tomorrow, you can do that as well. Just want to make sure this is a tradition in our church and that you're all aware of that. Um, also, our Christmas program is next Sunday night at six o'clock. Um, don't want to miss this. It's obviously a tradition in our church. It's always a great time of worship and fellowship and just, you know, just lifting up Jesus Christ at this time of the year. So next Sunday night, six o'clock and the Christmas Eve service is at six o'clock as well. We only do one service. It's about 50 minutes long, maybe an hour, but usually 50, 45, 50 minutes. Um, But is it really a, a special time for our body to come together and just worship him? So make sure you get here early. The place, the service is usually packed, Um, so make sure you get here early, and we'll just spend that time with the Lord uh, Christmas Eve as well. So next Sunday, 6, and then Christmas Eve at 6 as well. Okay, this morning, we are continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. Um, Really enjoyed it so far. Last week, we talked about the Third Commandment concerning the, the issue of misusing the name of God. This morning, we're going to jump over the fourth commandment and go to the fifth, which is honoring your mother and your father. Um, don't worry. We'll, I'll come back around. I, I'm going to I'm going to cover the fourth as well. Um, for those of you. Kind of, wait, what are you skipping? You can't skip around the commandments. Yes, I can. I'm not under law. I'm under grace. OK, so I can kind of skip around right if I feel like it and I feel like it. So we're going to skip to the, the fifth commandment this morning. And uh, I want to say right up front to all the students. Um, I love you. OK, I really do. And I hope you love me after the sermons over. All right. Um, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land. The Lord, your God has given you. So what does it mean to uh, honor our parents? Well, honoring your father and mother means that you show respect in your words and in your actions, um, having an attitude of esteem for the position that God has placed them in your life. So you want to you want to love them, you want to respect them and also have a respect for God in in the way he placed them in your lives during this season of your lives. The Greek word for honor means to value, revere. It means to prize. So we prize, we value, we revere our parents in the original Hebrew, which is found here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, uh, the word honor. Uh, it has very interesting roots. It has very interesting roots. It comes from the word in the Hebrew, which means to be heavy, to be heavy. And it describes someone in this culture who was heavy with, with wealth. They were wealthy And the culture, this culture would then look upon them with an esteem that would there were people who were to be um, who were important or impressive in the culture. They were seen as important and impressive and to be esteemed and and, and held up someone who when they walk down the street. You, you'd be able to point them out and say, boy, that person, yeah, boy, don't get on their, not, not their wrong side, but that's someone who we hold up in this culture. Not to say that we should hold up rich people in this culture over poor people. It's just that's the root word. Someone who is heavy with wealth. Someone who is to be esteemed. Someone who's important or impressive. So when we talk about our parents, the Bible describes someone who should be held in the highest of esteem. When I talk of when you talk about your mother or your father, when the Bible talks about it, it's talking about someone who should be held in the highest of esteem. We need to have a deep and and, and abiding respect for our parents. Why? Why? Well, first and foremost, because of our respect and our love for God. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit. Sometimes uh, and I haven't done this in about a year, but uh, in a sermon, I'll say, get it. And you say and I say, good, get it. Good. All right. So as we're going through this, I'm going to say that and I want you to respond. It keeps kind of keeps you awake. It keeps you engaged. You know what I mean? So uh, especially for the students, I want to see you guys saying it as well. Get it. See, uh, first service, they were a little slow. You guys were you guys were on it. You were on it. But here's the thing. God, God is is the reason. The main reason why we show honor and respect for our parents is first and foremost, because we have an honor and respect and a love for God. See, if, you, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you, you say, oh, I don't really believe in any God kind of thing, well, then you can argue with me this morning, okay? You can argue with what I'm going to say if you are a follower of Christ, if you have God as your Father, then really what you need to do this morning is really listen to what is the Word of God is saying to you and be respectful of that because this is God's Word. This is God speaking to us. So there's nearly, it should be no kind of mental debate going on with you as I run through this. Now, you might be, you may not like everything that I say. But then again, that's something you need to work on in your own heart, because this is what God tells us. This is how God expects us to treat our parents with the utmost of esteem. Get it. Okay. when I was when I became a Christian at 17 years old, I began to see my earthly father through different lenses. I began to see my earthly father through the eyes of my heavenly father. It was very, very interesting to me. My attitude and my actions were. We're not really based on my past relationship with my father. My attitudes and my actions toward my earthly father were really now based on my present relationship with Christ. I always loved my dad. I didn't grow with my dad, so I didn't have the same relationship with my dad. It was a little rocky there at different times. At one time, I didn't see him, my brother, my father for two years. I didn't know where they were for two years. And so as I got older, you know, you get a little frustrated and bitter and things like that. When I became a believer, when I was 17 years old, my my relationship with my father was not based on our past relationship. It was based on my present relationship with Jesus Christ. That's how I viewed my earthly father. No matter how old you are here today, your parents are still living. How old we are, we need to honor our parents, regardless of whether or not you think they deserve to be honored. That's important because our parents deserve to be honored because God says they deserve to be honored. Again, I'm going back to him. God says your parents deserve to be honored. So you don't get to choose whether they deserve your honor or respect or not. God already said it. You have to be obedient to God. That's the important thing here. Now, before I go on, I lose some people. OK, after I said that, all of a sudden, some people are going to start tuning me out. Because some of you have had horrifying parents. okay? let's just speak the truth. Some of you have had horrible parents and the the word honor and respect are not the words that you would use to describe them, your feelings for them. I understand that. And what's really great is the Bible speaks to some of those situations. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 and 19, it tells us that we're required to honor our parents, but we are not required to mimic their ungodly behavior. So if you have some parents, you can still honor them, but you don't have to mimic their behavior. You need to mimic the behavior of Jesus Christ. So Ezekiel is telling us, yes, honor, but you don't mimic a person's behavior who is not acting in a godly way. Okay, and then also in in Acts chapter five, and verse twenty nine, we learn that if someone, anyone, including a parent, goes and tells you to do something that is opposed to what God has already commanded you to do, that you don't have to listen to that person. You need to obey God. So if someone's telling you to do something dangerous or harmful or hurtful, or that is against what you know to be right, according to the Bible, not according to what your thoughts are, according to what the word of God says, the Bible says you obey God rather than man. And that includes a parent who would tell you to do something because, you know, some of you are thinking, well, you know, that's just giving them a way out. No, not, not at all. I know a lot of you grew up in really great homes other people didn't go up in really great homes. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're asked to do things that are wrong, and the Bible's saying you don't have to go along. If someone asks you to do something that's wrong, you you obey God rather than man. The the Bible tells us that we are we are, no parent has the right to abuse their children. You are not to abuse your children, and a child has every right to go to another adult and to and to tell you are you are I'm encouraging you, and the Bible would as well to to if you're being abused to communicate that to someone so the abuse stops. That's not honoring your parent to allow them to abuse you. God is not going to put you in a situation and say, well, no, you have to go along with that kind of abuse that is going on in your life. You're allowed to tell someone else so that abuse will cease. Also, if you are, if your parents are dangerous to your immediate family, I'm talking to adults now. If your parents are dangerous to your immediate family because of their behavior, you have every right to set boundaries around them, around that relationship. And I'll give you an example from our own lives. When Debbie grew, when she was growing up, her father was an extremely abusive alcoholic in every sense of the word. Okay, so he's an abusive, dangerous man. Deb went around from from home to home, different uh, relatives until she hit a certain age. I think it was seven or eight years old. And then she spent the rest of her time with her. Her grandparents raised her. So she was with her grandpa for, for most of her life there. When I came into the picture, Deb was uh, we, actually I met her when she was 13, I think 14 years old. Um, but we started dating. And then when I got we were engaged and I got into the picture um, and we got married, her father was kind of, you know, there but not there. And Deb wanted to reestablish and, and give him a chance and have a relationship with him. So what we did, we sat down with him and we told him there are clear boundaries to this relationship. Now that I was in the picture, it was a lot easier for her because I could go in with more authority and say, OK, the two of us said here are the boundaries that we will we will have a relationship. But then here are the guidelines that you have to go by. So we continued to have a relationship with him. And uh, at one point, uh, his stepdaughter was getting Married and he wanted Debbie to come out with the girls. Jennifer and Kim were like basically toddlers at that point. She took one other uh, one of our other relatives, Dawn, with her and they went out to New Jersey and they went to this wedding. And throughout the weekend, he was oh, he was stepping over those boundaries that we laid out. He wasn't being respectful of those boundaries He was trying to do different things. And so Deb was making sure that, you know, she protected our own. And uh, at the wedding, to kind of culminate this thing, uh, he disrespected those boundaries. And then as a culmination of that disrespect, he had a cigarette in his hand. and He called Jennifer over and she was basically a toddler, just 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 walking. And he took her and he burned her with a cigarette. Man, it still bugs me. And so. What I did was Debbie said, OK, you've broken the boundaries. You you're you're, you're a danger to us. You've broken the boundaries. You're you been disrespectful. So now, you know, I'm leaving. And She left the wedding and he was yelling and cursing and carrying on at her and getting in her face. And she left there. And what I did was calmly the next day I called him on the phone and said, because I was, you know, not there. Thank God. And I said, um, you are no longer allowed to write, to call, to to show up unannounced. Um, you have broken the commitment, the, the agreement that we made. You've stepped outside of the boundaries that we set up. I find you to be a danger to my family. And so therefore, you, you know, you, you are no longer allowed to interact with my with my family. But I didn't scream, I didn't yell, I didn't curse at him, I didn't do anything, I just basically said, "Here, here are the boundaries, so you're allowed as adults to set up boundaries around dangerous people. You're not to be walked over or abused or allow people to continue to come into your life and do those things. If people are not going to uh, not be respectful of the home that you've set up in your boundaries, you're allowed to do that. That's not dishonoring or having lack of respect for your mother or your father. That is allowed in Scripture. God is not blind, my friends, to circumstances. He's not blind to circumstances, but even in challenging situations, you know, I thought about it this week, even in challenging situations, you can honor God and honor your parents by doing a few things. Number one, you can honor them by not hating them. And some of you are going, you've got to be kidding me. That's not honoring your parents by not hating them. Oh, yeah. Talk to someone who's grown up in a house where a father's been really abusive. It is honoring to not hate that person. To not, the Bible says, you know, to love your enemies and not to hate your enemies. And I'm not saying I'm not using as your parents, your enemy. But you understand the principle that we are not to hate anyone. So you cannot hate them. You can also honor God and honor them by forgiving them. Okay, now that's another When I say that I get all kinds of emotional responses the the next day, uh, maybe email or someone calling me and saying, I'm not going to forgive this person or I don't understand why you would want me to be in a situation. No, listen, listen. The Bible says we should forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. Okay, you can forgive someone. I didn't say forgive and forget. I'm not just babbling on here with no understanding of what you go through. The Bible says we're supposed to forgive. It's difficult to forget if someone's abused you. Okay, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Forgiveness, you can offer someone right now. Trust is built over time. You can allow someone to rebuild trust in your life as you set up boundaries, but you can allow them to rebuild trust. You can forgive someone and not allow them to continue to be in love in your life and abuse you. OK, so you can forgive. That's a way to honor someone, honor your mother, or your father. You can forgive them. Another way you can honor God and honor your parents in those situations is that you, you don't you don't allow your you don't allow your anger and bitterness to rule your life. You let go of your anger and let go of your bitterness. Think about it. Do you really think the person cares if you're angry or bitter? They don't care. That then affects your present immediate family. That 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 anger, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that hatred that you may have in your heart, that then is passed on to your own children. That behavior, that those feelings, students, kids can pick up on that kind of thing. What you don't want to do is pass that on to the next generation. Cut that loose. Don't don't be bitter. Don't let that go. That is a way to honor. Let that go. Let it go. You don't have to allow another person that is outside of your family like that to dictate your destiny. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're allowing them to dictate your emotions, your actions and all those things by their past behavior. Don't allow them to do that. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the anger. Let go of the hatred. Forgive and then if if it be a safe enough environment, allow that person the freedom to build trust back, to build that trust up again over a period of time. Get it. Get it. Good. All right. All right. So now now we've laid that out. So now everyone who's gone through the situations like what we have in our family um, now, you're you're back in you're back with me, right? Right. You're all, we're all we're all back on the same page. Now, let's go back to the normal parent child relationship. I say normal because it's kind of difficult in our culture. No normal, normal is. But let's just go back to what I'll just say is a normal parent child relationship. Okay? We don't get to decide you and I don't get to decide whether or not we're going to honor and respect our parents. We just get to be obedient to God. God clearly communicates to us that we need to honor and respect our parents. So we don't get to decide what that looks like. And honestly, and I, and I say this tongue in cheek, but if you don't like it, man, tell it to Oprah. OK, I don't know what to say to you. You know, in his culture, it's like, oh, boo-hoo, my parents wouldn't let me play Wii for 50 hours this week. I can't believe them. Get over it, Sparky. Come on now. I mean, Really. I mean, you don't get to decide those kinds of things It's like, you know, th- th- you need to honor and respect your parents. We need you need to understand. Here's amazing. Something amazing. Think about this. This was so important to God. Honoring your mother and father was so important to God that he put it in the Ten Commandments. And some people think, yeah, I just kind of slipped it in there. It's kind of off to the side a little bit. No, no, no. It's right in there, my friends. It's right. This is so important to God that he put it in the Ten Commandments. Now, some of you may be saying to me, you know what? You know what, Pastor Jeff? Um, I'm not under law. I'm under grace. So I'm not sure about the whole thing. You know what I mean? Uh, Bummer for you, because the New Testament has the exact same theme going on. In Colossians chapter three, and verse 20, it says this. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And then Ephesians chapter six, verses one through three, it says this children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may that it may be well with you and that you may live a long life on the earth. Good news. Good news for us all. Good news. If we honor our parents, God is going to reward us there. Seriously, the scripture lays out over and over again. There is a reward for honoring your mother and your father. There is a reward. The Bible says you'll have a long life. You can have a long life. In in Jeremiah, chapter 35, verses 18 and 19, it says those who honor their parents. If you honor your parents, you will be blessed. There's a blessing that comes with that. There's a blessing that comes with your life. I don't know why it is in my own life. But when I became a Christian, one of the first things that God really put on my heart is that I needed to honor my mother and my father. I needed really. I respected him before, but that was really important to me um, because I was like everybody else. You know, I, I, you know, I love my parents, and but maybe not the kind of respect I should have, and especially as I got older. And it was one of the things that God put on my heart to make sure that I'm honoring my mother and my father. I even remember. I remember vividly a time that I was. I was probably. 19 years old, and my mother was saying, doing something. I lived on my own at that point. But I said to her, you know what, Mom, Ma? you're making it really hard for me to honor and respect you, uh, when you, when you say or do things like this or that. I can't remember what it was about. It was really nothing. But she was, it was almost, she was shocked, because she wasn't a believer at that time. And she was like, why are you, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, all of a sudden I'm talking about making, you're making it difficult, difficult for me to honor and respect you when, when we interact this way. It matters to God. It matters to God. This is important to God. Now, there's another side to this coin. Okay, this is and I find this totally amazing as you read through these scriptures, and I'm going to. There's another side to this coin. When the Bible talks about someone who is wicked and just ungodly, godless, dishonoring your parents, is lumped in with everything else. Listen, listen to this in Romans chapter one, verses 29 to 32. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They are full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God haters, insolent, arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. You like you read that maybe as you're reading through the book, you're kind of like, well, that's that's kind of like stuck. Why would that be in there? To answer that question for yourself in your own mind right now. Why would that be in there? They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy, although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them still think that honoring and respecting your parents is not important to God. Still think it's kind of like one of those lower totem pole kind of things. It's not lower. It's way up here from God's perspective. Way up here. I'll take another one. Second Timothy chapter three and verse two. It says, it, reads, it says this: People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and unholy. Lumped in right there. The book of Proverbs just continues this theme. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 1, it says a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebuke. In Proverbs chapter 30, in verse 17, it says the eye that mocks a father that scorns an aged mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. You see, that's what I told Kim and Jen right before they went to bed every night. I said, (laughs) I said, you know, the eye that mocks a father will be chewed out by vultures, pleasant dreams. (laughs) No, I didn't say that, you know. And and anyway, they turned out fine. You know, a little therapy. Everybody's good. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just just teasing. I never told them that. (laughs) Now we, we, uh, my friends, we never, we never outgrow. We never outgrow God's command to be honored, to honor and respect our parents. We never outgrow it. You never get too old if you have parents to honor your parents. You know, in, in, um, um, in Luke chapter 2, in verse 51, Luke chapter 2, verse 51, and in Matthew chapter 26, and verse 39, Jesus, even Jesus shows us. Uh, the Bible shows that G- even Jesus had um, uh, allowed his parents, his earthly parents, authority. He respected their authority, he honored them in, in, in uh, Luke two fifty one. It, t- it talks about honoring his parents. And then in Matthew, chapter uh, twenty six and verse thirty nine, it talks about, you know, submitting to the will of God. So Jesus set an example for us to follow by honoring his father and his earthly mother and father here. And then also by honoring his heavenly father, by submitting to his will, he submitted to their authority in his life. He was God. He didn't submit to anyone's authority, but Jesus submitted himself to his parents' authority. So now we have the word of God just pounding away at this theme. okay, over and over again, pounding away. And then you also have um, you also have Jesus setting the example for us to follow. Now, the question will be. Um, how do I do that? How then? I know why I should do it. But then how do I honor um, my mother and father? Well, it starts with an attitude of the heart. It starts inside. My friends, guys, I can sit up here all day long and and try to extrinsically motivate you to obey your parents. And it might work for a few weeks. You heard the sermon, but the scriptures will soon Fade and my words will soon, and then you'll get into a situation where you're not happy and it all goes away. It needs to be intrinsic. It needs to come from inside. It needs to start in the heart, the motives of the heart. It needs to be something that that God places in you, that desire to honor your mother and father from the inside, your attitude. It starts with an attitude of the heart. In Mark, chapter seven and verse six, it says this. He replied talking about Jesus. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In Matthew, chapter 15, in verses three through nine, Jesus points out to these Pharisees. OK, he points out, he says that you remember the command of God to honor your mother and your father. Now, these are these are basically Pharisees. So you would think. Well, gosh, the Pharisees are the keepers of the law and they have laws. and They have laws around the laws and laws around those laws. So what is Jesus telling them to do something that's so basic, like remember the command of God to honor your mother and your father? Because in the context, here's what these Pharisees were doing. I'm talking about extrinsic motivation, law, 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 not an internal motivation. Okay, so their hearts weren't in the right place. And so Jesus is getting on him. He's confronting them. See, what they were trying to do is they were trying to use one law to nullify another law. And Jesus was catching them and then catching their hearts. They're using they're trying to use one law. They knew all the laws and they had they made up their own laws around other laws. And they were trying to use one law to nullify another law. But the word of God never does that. The word of God never uses one law to nullify another law of God. And here's what they were trying to do. They were trying to keep from being financially responsible of taking care of their own parents. And so here are these here are these self-righteous from their perspective, spiritually superior people walking around, acting like they've got their all their act together. And Jesus is saying, you know what? It's all it's most of that is outward and is not coming from the heart. You're using you're using loopholes to avoid taking care of your parents, which is a basic commandment. And maybe some of us act that way, too. You know, you can you can act a certain way on the outside and not saying that you're all wrong and not judging all of your motives. What I'm saying is you need to look at yourself if on the outside you're acting all spiritual. But on the inside, there's really no motivation to to show honor and respect to your parents. You say it with your lips. You say it with your lips. You give it lip service, but you don't really act upon it when it comes to your attitudes and your and your actions. Jesus is pointing out in the Pharisees, he's saying, you know what, <laughs> you on, you, you honor, honor is more than lip service, my friends. That's what he's saying to them. He's basically saying, you know, they honor their parents with their words, but their actions prove their real motives. And honor is more than lip service. The word honor here in this verse is a verb and it demands a specific action, A specific action. We need to honor our parents, my friends, in the same way that we try to show glory to God, that we try to honor God and, and, and glorify his name. That's the same attitude we should have for our parents. We need to honor our parents with the same desire that we try to honor God with our thoughts, with our words and with our actions. That's what it's saying. Honor your mother and your father with your words. Listen, with your words, how you speak to them, with your thoughts, what you think about even what they're saying and, and by your actions. And that includes listening and submitting to their authority. Here is a reality. Here is a reality. And you may disagree with me, but you're wrong. OK, you may disagree with what I'm going to say, but you would be wrong. Here's reality. If you are not obedient to your mother and father, you will not be obedient to God. If you're not obedient to your mother, you say, well, see, now you're jumping. Oh, no, I'm obedient to God. My parents are just a pain sometimes, but I'm always obedient to God. Oh, really? Is that why the Bible just told you 50 times to obey your mother and father, show respect and honor to them, but you're not showing respect and honor to them? If you're not being obedient to your parents, how then are you being obedient to God who told you to be obedient to your parents? See, it's so easy to skip over the ones you the hard, the ones you really don't want to do. God, the Bible says, how can you say you love someone that you that, you know, you say you love someone you Bible talks about? It says, it, how can you say that you obey or love someone that, that you can't see when you don't love and obey someone you can see your parents? You can see. So you can talk all day long of this lofty, spiritual whatever. But the reality is when the rubber meets the road, it basically comes down to are you obeying your mother and your father? If you're not, you're not obeying God. So if you won't obey your parents, mark my words, when you leave your house, you're going to have a real struggle obeying God. I'll tell you something else, too. Another truth. If you don't respect the authority of your parents, you will never respect the authority of anyone. Now, you may grow in your spiritual maturity later on and grow to respect those folks. But if you leave your house being disrespectful to your parents, you are not going to respect you. You're going to disrespect everyone, whether it's the police, whether it's your boss, whether it's your wife or your husband or your teachers or whoever. You're going to show disrespect to them because if you can't respect your mother and your father, then you're not going to show respect to anyone else. You become, in a sense, a disrespectful, self-centered, arrogant person. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 11 spells it out. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Those who are pure. Listen, those who are pure in their own eyes and you're not cleansed from their filth. Those who are pure in their own eyes and yet not cleansed from their filth. My friends, It starts. It starts with having no respect for your parents, and it filters down to every other relationship in your life. That's reality. And the the hard thing is you don't even see it. You don't even recognize it. You don't even see it because those who are pure in their own eyes. So you don't even recognize it, but it's true. Deb and Kim, uh, my wife Debbie and my daughter Kimberly, uh, were taking uh, Josh and Liam shopping at the mall. And so they go into the mall, you know, those doors that kind of the big double doors that open up for handicap access or for people with carriages and baby carriages and things like that strollers. And so they go through the first door and the first door kind of opens up and they go through and, and a couple of high schoolers come walking out because the, the second door then opened because they got through. The, they were going halfway through the first door. Second door opens. They come out and walk right in front of the two of them and the kids. It's freezing, freezing cold. But they wanted to come out first. They didn't care if there were women there and children. They were going to come out first. And so while the door is now closing on the on the stroller, okay, and Liam is basically and and Kim are holding open the door, four or five more high school guys just come walking out and, and just right away and right past them. Door was open. Babies, women there. Didn't matter. Freezing cold. Who cares? Who cares? And Jen, Kim looked at him and said, "Really, guys? Really?" She looked them right in the face. They looked at her like she was crazy. They didn't say a word. They were like, they were confused. They were confused. Those who are pure in their own eyes. What are you, you, crazy lady? They're confused at how disrespectful they were. They're confused at how self-centered they were, how arrogant they were, how disrespectful. They were confused by that because in their own eyes, they were, hey, everything's good for me. I got through the door. No problem there. No issue there. Think about it. No, I guarantee you, I will bet my house that those same five or six guys have no respect for their parents whatsoever. They have no respect for their mother and father. And it trickles down to women with small children. You could be holding a baby in your arms. It wouldn't really matter. You know what? The door is open. I'm going through first. Tough on you. No respect. Even when they were confronted, totally confused. Why are you looking at me, lady? What are you talking about? See, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 tells us what our attitude should be toward other people. This is what our attitude should be. And listen to what this says. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but listen, but exhort him as if he were your father. The assumption there is that you respect your father. There's no other assumption. God is already laying that out. The assumption, the understanding is you respect and honor your father. So therefore, OK, so that's that's a done deal. Now, it's not a done deal in our culture, but it was it's a done deal here. So here's how you're supposed to treat other people. Do not rebuke an older man harshly. Why? You know what you should do? You should treat him like your father. Assumption, this is how you're supposed to treat your father. Everything else trickles down to older people, but exhort him. Um, As if with your father, treat a younger man as your brother, an older woman as a mother, a younger woman as sisters with absolute purity. That's what it says. And that is God's standard in the Old and New Testament. That's the standard. The problem is here. Here's the problem that some people, some people are treating everyone around them like they treat their mother and father. There's the reality. The assumption is. Honor your mother and father. Done deal. Now you're not honoring other people who are who are older like you honor your mother and father. Well, that was the assumption before. Now you're basically getting some people. They're treating everyone like they treat their mother and father. And therein lies the problem. They have no respect for your mom and dad. You're not going to have any respect for anyone else. Whether they're carrying a baby, whether they're an older person, it doesn't really matter because who's the most important person in the world? It's you. And you don't even recognize it because you're pure in your own eyes. God wants us to show respect with our words, with our actions, with our attitudes and my friends, with our body language, with our body language. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 32, it says this rise in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly and revere your God. Again, why do we do those things? Revere your God. I am the Lord. That's what he says. I am the Lord. You do these things because I'm your Lord. I'm your Savior. I'm the one you love above and beyond everything else. And this is what I'm asking you to do. I was at a wedding recently, um, about um, last you know, six months or so, and I was walking around. I get there about an hour early and I walk into a room, a nice little waiting room, and there was an elderly gentleman there is about 94, 95 years old. And he was sitting by himself and he just, you know, it's not, it, it, it almost looked like a character. You know, what I mean, the, the his face and everything. And he started talking to me. And honestly, my first initial thought was, gosh, I have I have things I need to do. I'm 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 doing the wedding. And so he starts talking to me. And my, my, the immediate thought after that was, you know what? Stop what you're doing. Look, this look at this man and listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying. He talked about the fact that he was Arsenio Hall's uncle. He talked about the fact that he grew up in a farm with all these different children. And we used to go out and do this and we do that. Now, just things I didn't say, well, where did you grow up? He was just telling me his life story. I listened for 15 or 20 minutes. You know what? Because he deserved my respect. He deserved my 15 or 20 minutes at 94 years old. The man deserved for me to stop what I was doing and listen to him. I'm not too busy to listen and respect someone who's older than I am and wants to share something with me. He's more at that point. He's more important than I am. I should put others before myself. So I listen to him. I love the fact that the students in this church, you know, you guys are awesome. You're awesome. I love you. I'm not perfect, but you're really awesome. And I know that you're under a lot of pressure because the culture acts this way. And many of you aren't trying not to, but you're being pressured by the culture. And I love the fact that you went over to the nursing home that we work up here on Towersville Road And that you went out there on Thanksgiving, some of you went up there on Thanksgiving to connect with those folks, with those older folks and just engage in their lives because you have a relationship with them, because you honor them, because you respect them, because you love them. And what I love about what you guys have been doing for the last three or four years, I think it's over four years now we've been going up there. You've been there for so long that you've gotten into their long term memory. Some of the folks there have lost their short term memory, but they still have long term memory. And you guys have been going so long that you're in their long term memory. Tuesday nights they go for every Tuesday night, not just Christmas or whatever else, every Tuesday night. And I've heard from multiple people that the best day of their week is Tuesday night because you all are coming, because you show respect to the elderly. Because you show respect for your elders, because you honor them, because you love them, because you you have that in your heart. You know, one word answers when someone asks you a question, not looking an adult in the face, in the eye when they're talking to you, rolling your eyes at someone, being disrespectful, cursing at them, whatever the case may be, is not obviously not honoring and respectful. And I love you with all my heart, and I know it's really difficult but you, one word answers, no eye contact, and a disrespectful tone of voice is to, not to me first and foremost, not to your parents first and foremost, is unacceptable to God. It's unacceptable to him. You know, I know a lot of parents, I'm going to pick on you for a second. I know a lot of parents who accept that kind of behavior because you're, you're, your kids are now teenagers. And so when you become a teenager from 13 to 19 all bets are off. Let's just wait. Let's just close our Bibles and throw it away because now it doesn't apply to, t- it doesn't apply to teenagers. It applies to everyone else. But uh, so what? They're teenagers. So what? That is a cultural line of thinking, thinking, not a biblical line of thinking. Go to other cultures and see what 13 to 19 year olds have to do, how, to, how they live their lives, what responsibilities they have. I think I'm not picking on you guys from 13 to 19 at all. I'm sticking up for you. I have watched 13- and 19-year-olds all my life invest in other people's lives. I've seen 13- and 19-year-olds change the world, change their friends, change the church. Most most revivals were started by 13- to 19-year-olds. Look it up in your history. We give them no credit because we go along with a cultural view of teenagers and expect them when they start acting out and everything else, I understand they're going through all kinds of changes. I, I give you that. When they start acting out, we just kind of give up and say, well, that's just, a, they can say whatever they want. That's just, that's where they are. No way. No way. Absolutely, absolutely positively not. i respected my children all of their lives. I understood they were going through that, that change of becoming individuals. And I encouraged it. As they grew and they were becoming more individual and, and, and stepping out and becoming their own person, I encouraged that. I've respected them. I, I, I tried to understand their feelings all their lives. And they're going through all those, all that craziness you go through. I try to respect their feelings. And when we, we came to a disagreement, we talked it through. I try to sit down and talk them through and try to understand where they're coming from. And if I was wrong, I apologize. Bing, bing, bing. OK, when I was wrong, all of us as parents, when you're wrong, apologize. And when I was wrong, I apologize. But I'll tell you what I never did. I never gave up my authority in my home. Never. 13 and 19, I'm still the authority here. And I never lowered the standards for my children. Why would I do that? Why would I lower the biblical standards for my children? They have so much to rise up to. They can do amazing things. They can change the world. But we lower the standard... And God says, and again, if anyone can show me in the word of God where I'm supposed to lower the standards and submit myself into my children who then run my home from 13, to 19, you show it to me and I'll stop saying this. I work for students with students for 15 years. I have too much respect for them. Then just let them run amok and do what they want to do and expect them to be nothing from 13 to 19 and then take the rest of the college, their college off, too, because now they have got to sell their wild oats and carry on that way for another four years. Come on. Those are some of the best years of your life. and You're going to ruin them. You're gonna give. You're gonna give up some of the strongest years of your life where God can use you. I I just can't let that go. I just can't stand here in the pulpit and say, well, yeah, sure, you know, I just want to back off because you might get mad about it or whatever. That's wrong. It's so wrong. Why? Because God says it's wrong. God has too much of a high standard for you. Has too much for your life. Students, listen to me. This is so important for you. You will never. You will never have. In your, in your entire life, you will you will never have this opportunity and this time again. You you can do anything you want when you get out of the house. You can live the way you want. You can choose your li- how you're going to live your life. You know what rules you're going to make in your own home. You have your whole life to choose what you want to do for yourself. But now is not that time. Now is not that time. Now is a time to learn what it means. Listen. Now is the time, and this is a season, okay, you're in your home, most of you for only a couple more years when you're teenagers, okay, this is only a season. Now is the time to learn what it means to be respectful when you don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it. You know how hard it is to be respectful when you don't feel like it, when your emotions are telling you to do something else and God's telling you to be respectful. Let God win out. Let the Holy Spirit win out. This is the greatest opportunity for learning you're ever going to have. This is the time where God has given you to train, to learn, to grow in spiritual and emotional maturity. This is your time. Don't waste it. It'll never come again. This is your time between you and God to work with your parents, to communicate with your parents, to try to understand them. This is your time. You will never have it again. Now, I know that your parents can be just the tiniest bit of a pain sometimes, just a tiny bit, okay? I know that. I understand that. I completely understand that sometimes they can do that, but use this opportunity. This can be an opportunity, okay, for you to learn how to communicate, for you to learn how to to work through your disagreements. Think about it. You want your parents. You say, I want my parents. If I ask you, you say, I want my parents to trust me. They don't trust me. I want my parents to trust me. You you say, I want my parents to respect me, to show me more respect. I'm getting older. I don't want them to treat me like a kid anymore. I want them. You know, that's what you say. You want that. But then what happens is the moment, the first time that something happens in your home that you don't go, that you don't like or doesn't go along with what you say, you start to slam doors and scream bloody murder and stamp your feet and curse or whatever else you're doing. I don't know. I'm not talking just about students here in our church. I'm talking about culturally. That's what happens. And what I'm saying is, no, take a step back. Take this opportunity to communicate with them. Tell them, talk to them and say, "Um, this is this is why I think. This is why I think I should be able to do such or such and so and so. This is why I think I should be able to do that. And if and when they say no, respect them and honor them. Show them, show them that you can be trusted. Show them that you're not a kid anymore, that you are having an open conversation. I'll pro, I pro, I'm gonna promise you something because I'm I, I love again. I love you. Do you guys still love me? OK, all right. Um, I'm going to be your mediator. I'm going to to be on the student side right here. Well, a mediator is going to be equal, so I'll be right down the middle. If you students come to me and tell me your parents are being completely unreasonable and you honestly, before God, think they're being unreasonable, I will mediate for you. Okay, I promise. I've done this before. It works really well. Not counseling, just mediating. You present your position, they present their position. Uh, The reason I did this is because they did, and we'll talk it through. I'll be your mediator. But here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to to get the attitude right with your parents and walk up to them and say, Mother, Father just like that. I believe this would be helpful and healthy at this time for our relationship if we allowed Pastor Jeff to come in and mediate our disagreement. I see that we're in an impasse and now would be a good time to bring him in and talk this through. And then you say something like, you know, thank you for considering my request, mom, dad. Right. Right. Something like that. You know what I'm talking about? You know, oh, no, everybody. Pastor Jeff. No, mother, father. <laughs> lovely parents who God has given me to esteem. Something like that, you know, it out. So you break down their whole defenses and then you go in and you talk to them. OK, and you share that. That's important. I will do that. I sincerely will mediate for you in those situations. And, and I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons I say I'll do that. It's because it really helps both, it helps both parties out, especially the students. Here's how it helps you. You are not going to sit down with me. No way you're going to sit down with me unless you really, truly believe in your heart that you're right. When you, you check your motives, you check your attitude, you've checked your actions, and they're all in the right place, and you truly feel before God that you need someone to sit down and mediate because it's really been frustrating for you. Because the Bible does say, you know what, parents don't exasperate your children. It says that. We shouldn't exasperate our children. We should, we should treat them as they get older. And really, very, very quickly, I'm not going to go off on this, but a little parenting tip here after years and years, raised two children, have grandchildren, was in youth ministry for 15 years. Let me share a little thought with you. Parents do things backwards. What they do is when their, child, when their children are younger, they, they basically let them run wild a lot of the time. Run, run, oh, you know, it's all other kids, or, you know, I don't want to... You, you lose every battle. You, you're, you're tired You whatever else so you lose. You let the kids do whatever they want and you, you lose the early battles. Never lose the battles early. Never. So what you do is you, you're like this when they're younger. OK, and then you go like this when they get older. You squeeze them because now you're afraid they're going to go out and get pregnant. They're going to go out and take drugs. They're going to go out and get high. Blah, 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 blah. So you squeeze. You know what happens when you squeeze something really hard? Two things. It slips through your fingers or you kill it. One or the other. OK, what you need to do is early on, you need to do more of this early on and more of this later on because they're becoming individuals. They're becoming they need their own identity. You need to let them go. So you slowly do that. Don't do the opposite. It never works. You can't you can't squeeze them like that. It never works. So be like mother you know, England when it's time to let the kids go. Let the kids go. Bottom line is, if we desire, if we desire to please God and to be blessed We need to honor our mother and father. Get it? Good. All right. Last thought. Honoring your parents, honoring your parents is the first step to fulfilling God's ultimate purpose for your life, and that is to glorify God. You say, what's my purpose? What's the meaning of life? The meaning and purpose, the ultimate meaning and purpose of life. He has other things he wants you to do, but the ultimate meaning and purpose of life is to glorify God. And the first step to glorifying God is to honor your mother and your father. It's a big deal to him. It is a big deal to God. I use some scripture this morning to back up that point. Not all. This is important to God. I want you to bow your heads with me as we close. I want you to begin today. We're going to start today, okay? We're going to have, since we're talking about, you know, parents and children, we're going to have a do-over. We'll do the kid thing. Do-over. Let's play. Let's have a do-over this morning. Okay, so we're going to do it over. Because here's the reality, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, which means if you if you ask for forgiveness which is what you need to do first. I want you to I want you to pray and ask God to forgive you for the ways that you've mistreated or not respected your parents. So right now, ask God to forgive you for how you treated your parents. And don't honestly, for some of you may be thinking, well, I'm oh boy, I'm I'm a spiritual kid and I'm but I don't I don't dishonor. No, go go deeper, go deeper. Ask God to show you how you've not respected and honored your parents. Ask Him to forgive you for that. Here's the great thing about being a believer in Jesus Christ: you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you, and you move on. I don't want anybody walking out of here feeling guilty about what they did in the past. Boy, I never really because you're met, some of you thinking I never even heard this. I never even thought about this. I've been treating my parents poorly for years. I feel no. You know what you know what you do? You ask God to forgive you. You're forgiven. Right now, ask him. You're forgiven, and you move on. Don't take that with you. You leave that here. Okay. You're a new creation. The old is gone, and new has come. God's not interested in what happened in the past. He's interested right now. What's happening in the present? Your forgiveness, and also in the future. That's all that matters. Don't beat yourself up. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel all those things. That comes from the evil one. You ask for forgiveness. You move on. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right? So we move on. Parents, some of you need to ask God to forgive you because you've been exasperating your children. You've been doing things backward. You've been not giving them the attention they need. Maybe you're not. You're just, you know what it is. Whatever it is for you, you're exasperating them. So whatever that is, ask God to forgive you and then move on. Let that go. But change and let it go and finally ask god for the students and for all of us even if we have parents who are still living ask god to give you the strength and desire to start honoring them remember intrinsic motivation starts from the inside the holy spirit moving ask god to give you the desire of your heart the desire in your heart and to give you the strength because it is hard with all of your friends not doing this with a culture telling you to do the opposite with everything around you telling you, oh, you're a teen. It's so difficult for you. I understand that. You guys are awesome. You teenagers, you're awesome. You're, you're, I'm going to say you're good kids, okay? You are. You're good kids. Not perfect? Good. And so ask God to give you the desire of your, in your heart. Put that desire in your heart and to give you the strength to start honoring and respecting your parents in the way that God calls you to. Do that right now. Father God, we want to honor and respect our parents, first and foremost, because of you, because we want to honor you. You told us that we need to show them respect. You tell us that we need to honor our mother and our father. And Lord God, before you this morning, we want to repent of the times that we have not. We want to move forward in a new way a new with a new life and a new lease on life and begin to do that now. First, because we love you and we want to honor you and respect you and be obedient to you. So, Father, give us that desire, all of us. Allow us, that, that allow us a heart that would be pure, Lord, before you as we interact. And I pray that if there are any relationships here this morning that have been severed in some way, if there's, if there's friction right now, that there'd be healing even today, that they would come together and, Lord God, that you would use this sermon, use it as an opportunity to bring folks together, that there'd be healing and restoration in those relationships. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great week.